The views expressed in our episode are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Catfish Cops. It's uh, Tony Godwin recording live, continuing to record live. This is day three, day three, technically, Yeah. because we kind of kicked off on Sunday, which is uh, new to everybody that comes to the conference. But, you know, it is what it is. It was interesting, but it feels like we're a day off of where we were, where we need to be or whatever. Um, But joining us is a return guest, right? Randall Snyder came all the way from, I, I foobarred it last time, Pinal County. Pinal County. Pinal yes. County, yeah. I goofed that, and I grew up in Arizona. I went to college in Arizona, but I still screwed that up. Uh, but he's made the long trek um, here to the conference for uh, a booth that you have now of your own, right? That's and so introduce yourself, just uh, reacquaint yourself with our listeners, who you are, where you come from, what you did, how you got to where you are, and... What you got going on? So, uh, uh, like you said, Tony, I'm Randy Snyder. I'm with Pinal County Sheriff's Office. I uh, did uh, a little over 20 years with the Sheriff's Office on my first stint, and now I'm uh, retired and failed at retirement and <laughs> back at it again. Uh, this time, just doing background investigations, so I'm not having to deal with the CSAM stuff, but I Great. still get to dig into people's lives, which is uh, half the fun. Yeah. And uh, got uh, got my book out there, Cyber Creeps. Uh, Absolutely great. My- I've gotten it in uh, internet crimes and uh, some of the weird and interesting people that we've talked about <laughs> on your show have made it into a chapter or two. And yeah. so uh, there's plenty more chapters out there. If anybody is interested in hearing more about the guys that I put to prison for uh, until their ghost dies there, I think that's was right. the we, phrase that we use. <clears throat> the ghost, the specter of the ghost or something along the, those lines. The specter of the ghost of the, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually uh, have got... Uh, even more fun stories in there. So if anybody's interested, uh, it's available here at the Dallas Crimes Against Children's Conference at booth number 67. Cool. Uh, It is also available on Amazon, both as a hardback or a hard copy and uh, a Kindle ebook. Okay. And uh, then the other book that I've written since the last time we talked is called Bloodline Evil's Legacy. Oh, tell me about it. So... We had a series of cases that occurred back in the early 2000s down in Pinal County. We had an individual. The reason that we came across it was because this individual was a registered sex offender, but he had gone out and found a six-year-old girl that he raped and left in the desert for dead. Wow. And we were very fortunate that this girl, uh, we were able to locate her safely and get her what she needed, but we also were able to locate him. And once we did that, we started finding out about the generations of familial abuse that was going on and this was such a crazy story that i I couldn't have made it up if i'd have wanted to and so Mm -hmm. i had to tell the truth about it and basically what happened was uh, grandpa had abused his kids 
And then he passed that down to his son, who was then out there abusing. And then the fourth generation also ended up uh, abusing and molesting uh, some of his family members, uh-huh. even though he had nothing to do uh, growing up with any of the family that had been abusers. So Generational kind of, sin, huh? Yeah, Good grief. It, it's a question of whether is this genetic, is this uh, learned behaviors, what? And so uh, I put it out there with the question of, you know, what do you think? Is this because this was some genetic marker that got right. passed down, or was this something that... Uh, something that was in the water, so to speak. Were you involved in the investigation itself of the little girl? Were you a part of that as well? I, I was not. It uh, it occurred prior to my oh, time you said in early investigations, on. but um, the investigators that did it, I was uh, I was friends with all of them. I'm familiar with them. I, I remember the cases happening. Gotcha. Uh, and so I, I kind of took it from a secondary secondary source. And it was solved at the time. It didn't go cold and then get solved later on as things went on. It was solved at the time. It was solved at the time. Uh, and that's what opened up the information to, uh, let us learn about the previous, uh, crimes that had occurred. And the investigator went and dug into those and worked those cases. And then she ended up being involved in the case against the fourth generation as well. That is craziness, right? And and so you've gotten that one put out there and published. And what's the name of it again? It's called Bloodline Evil's Legacy. Wow. Fantastic. So, and you got that one at your booth as well? I have that one at my booth as well. It's also right. available on Amazon. And then for anybody that wants to take everything they're learning here at DCAC and turn it off, because sometimes it can be a little bit heavy, I do have a couple of non-crime books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter was frustrated one day that I kept writing all these books that she couldn't read anything about. Yeah. She goes, Dad, write a book that I can read. And I said, okay, well, give me an idea. She goes, how about a book about a zombie that falls in love? <laughs> we can work with that. So my 12-year-old actually helped write it. Really? She did all the cover art on it, and we uh, have got that out there. It's called Love and Brains, <laughs> and we decided to make it a series. So the first book is, is Infection. Nice. And it was uh, she got to be the first sixth grader in her school to be a published author. Wow. And she's got her name on the book. She's got her picture on the book, and I, I actually... Uh, put my name on there a little bit differently than I do with the other ones just yeah. because I didn't uh, I didn't want it closely tied to some yeah. of the, the creepy stuff that's in cyber creeps sure. um, but she gets to gets to have her yeah. uh, expression as well in that so man that's awesome that's got to be such a good feeling for her for you and your family you know just to see that come to fruition how long was that process I'm real curious about everything I, I want to know more I, I want to know about the, the the kids book for sure especially now that you say it's a series and I know there's going to be continuations and whatnot. That's a, that's a pretty cool legacy right there. But, uh, so what's the process of doing that? Say with your daughter, how, from, from concept to publication, how long of a time frame? Uh, we spent, uh, about nine months total, wow. um, working on that. And we're about four chapters into, uh, the second book right now. That one's running a little bit slower just because we're, uh, kind of doing a little bit more on the development, not only because we want to continue the series, but because we've introduced a character in there that we're talking about making a spinoff on. Okay. And so we want to kind of build that up a little bit more nice. and taking a little bit more time on it, having some fun with it. And what was the timeline for Cyber Creeps? How long was that from like thought process to completion? I know we probably covered this at the last one, but just as a reminder to let people kind of know what that looks like. Cyber Creeps only did uh, only took about six months for me, and that wow. was because it was one of those things where I was so intimately familiar with it that yeah. it, it was hard to turn it off. I started writing about one creep, 
and the memories just started flowing and it just kept on going and uh, so it really didn't take much time in the writing the editing yeah. took a little bit more time on that right um, but uh, I, I had so much fun getting all of that out and it kind yeah. of felt like a weight a off my therapeutic shoulders. oh it was very therapeutic absolutely yeah. I think I told you the last time we you know I started that process a while back you know it's been tabled a couple times I've kicked it back up a few times and and so it's really been paramount, you know, like, and, and quite honestly, like, I'm like, dang, man, Randy's doing this. I see he's putting stuff out on, on social media. And I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad I can call you a friend and know that uh, I know somebody that's actually succeeded in getting this done. So it, it's encouraging, you know, for me to be able to think, okay, just commit to it, get it done, you know, quit jacking around, just do what you want to do. And so I thank you for that, man. Well, the, the question about the, uh, the case, the involved the little girl in the desert and all that, um, what was the dynamics of that? Are there st- obviously the girl is an adult at this point and probably got her own family. Is there, did you have to, or did you have some kind of communications with them to like for some closure or for some, Hey, by the way, look what's coming or how does that work? Well, you know, uh, God works in mysterious ways and I had just finished the first draft of it and I had handed it off to, uh, one of our sergeants, who's a buddy of mine, and he was the sergeant during the, the time that those investigations occurred. And I said, hey, read this over, uh, you know, double check me on it, make sure it all sounds good, make sure that it's factual. And I went to work an off-duty that night. And I had been at this particular location uh, about a week previous. And when I got there this that night, uh, this young lady walked up to me and she goes, hey, um, you're, you're from Pinal County, right? And I said, yeah. And she said, you work child crimes, right? And I said, yeah. And she goes, does this name sound familiar to you? And she named the suspect. Wow. And I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, it does. I just finished writing this book. I'm, I'm in the, the kind of the editing phase. And she goes, that's me. I'm the little girl. And she obviously gave her her real name, but uh, the name that I used for her in the book uh, is Lynn. And Lynn came up to me and she said, I'm the little girl. Wow. Dropped my jaw. Wow. And I said, wow, that's amazing. Um, and I, I explained to her what was going on. I said, first and foremost, I don't want to do anything that's going to make this hard for you. You tell me, you know, kill this right now, and I absolutely will. Yeah. And she said, nope. She goes, I want people to know how evil this guy was. Wow, man. And she didn't know about all of the familial abuse. I kind of gave her some background on that. And she goes, yeah, I, this needs to be out there. I want this out there. She said, wow. do me a favor. When you publish it, let me know. I'll buy a copy. I said, darling, your, your money ain't good here. <laughs> you ain't buying a copy. You're getting the first one and then they'll be all signed. <laughs> first one off the presses. I gave, uh, gave to her and she actually, uh, about two days later, I got a phone call from her mom. And her, really? I explained everything to her mom and, and said, you know, this is what I'm doing. And again, if you want to kill this, I will I will table this right now and it'll never go any further than it has. And she said, no, I, I want this out there. And, and more importantly, Lynn wants this out there. And uh, I was able to answer a couple of questions for her that were cathartic for her. Sure. Uh, more importantly, or as importantly, um, when I was talking to Lynn, she mentioned that she remembered some of the investigators and she remembered uh, the way that they handled the case and the Mm -hmm. kindnesses and things like that. And she said, you know, maybe one of these days I'd like to try and meet with them um, and just thank them. She goes, I'm not in a place where I'm ready to do that quite yet, but I'd like to. And I said, I will pass that on. And whenever you're ready, you let me know and we'll make that happen. Wow. I went back to the investigators who worked that case. And I said, by the way, 
here's what happened. And every one of them to a person said, you know, it's weird. I was just thinking about that case. And that's the one that yeah. has always stuck with me. I've always wondered. And they, every one of them said, thank you so much for letting me know that. It is a weight off my shoulders to know that we got there in time. We helped this little girl and she's okay. It's crazy what we carry around, right? After this career that we have and all yeah. this devastation and trauma and, you know, encounters that we have. And, um, that, man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you were able to get that and, and continue with the project and then probably give that lady, I say lady, cause I'm sure she's a grown up now, uh, some peace of mind on everything. And, man, that's awesome. I, I have one, one instance where I, I had a victim who is now an adult who agreed to come on the podcast and it was really, it was really empowering for me um, just to hear her perspective now as an adult. Um, she was obviously very nervous, very worried and scared, and but was adamant this has to come out. People yeah. need to know. And, and so that's really a rewarding thing for us. Like we don't get to see that very often in this line of work. And so kudos to you, man. And so how's the how's the conference been? Conference has been great. Um, I'm, I'm here presenting as well. So I got to present yesterday and then I'm going up here in another hour or so and uh, going to do the second uh, second version of it or second. Uh, what are you presenting on? I'm presenting on the necessity for um, building those relationships to have good uh, interjurisdictional investigations, both nationally and internationally. Gotcha. And I, I know you've had them too, where you reach out and you either have a victim that's in another jurisdiction or a suspect in another jurisdiction. Yep. And through the course of my career, I had uh, cases that led to 33 states and eight foreign countries. And, you know, we have to learn to work together. The bad guys are not going right. to respect our jurisdictional yeah, boundaries. They, they don't care. And so we've got to be willing and able to do that. And so just giving some hints and tricks on uh, some of the cases that I had and the ways that those worked out, some of the things that I learned from them, and kind of encourage investigators from all areas of right. child crimes to be prepared to do that and know that they can because uh, – you hate for somebody to go, oh, that's in the next state over. I can't do anything exactly. with it. And now you've got a, a a suspect that goes out there and continues to offend or a, a victim that doesn't get the justice they deserve. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's one of the huge benefits of this conference. The One is the volume of people that show up, and there's you know probably 7,000 cops from around the world here and, and others in the child protection field and uh, being able to network with folks and spread that message to an audience that uh, – needs to hear it and then maybe it's just a reminder or maybe it's something brand new that's always the benefit and you know kudos to the crimes conference for what they do and i know that when this ends on thursday by friday they start for next year's and so what an accomplishment that is uh, i know we talked earlier offline but you had you were sharing a booth with another group did they ever make it uh, i know there was some flight stuff that kind of got mixed up <laughs> she she was not happy about the travel but uh yes uh dr fran has gotten here she's with nurses united against human trafficking nice and this is an organization that is um wants to set up training for medical personnel uh because unfortunately they're just not getting it and these nurses and doctors that work in uh the clinics and the urgent cares the emergency rooms they're seeing victims of exploitation and trafficking and not realizing it and they're being treated as if uh they're coming in for normal injuries or maybe a an sti or some sort of uh, yeah. ipv domestic violence things like that and Dr. Fran hopes to do is get the training out there so that the medical professionals can recognize 
when it's human trafficking, provide services if that person is prepared to get out, and if they're not, give them the resources so when they are, nice. they have those avenues. That sounds like uh, fantastic, man. Good for her. You know, that all it takes is a little effort, you know, just uh, people from all walks of life who have the ability to just make make a change or implement something that just makes it better for everybody in the long run. And that's what it's all about. So and that's the more, great. The more eyes out there, the more people can get rescued. Absolutely, so that's man. Trying. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, I'm, I'm grateful to see you. And I know our last time when we recorded, like we, you were in Arizona and we were here in Texas, but uh, it's been awesome to kind of connect and we've, we've stayed connected, uh, you know, throughout that time. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I, I hope that the conference is a huge success for the books. And I hope everybody comes down and gets a copy for you. Uh, from you, and uh, I'm quite certain you're willing to sign off on, uh, give a little uh, autograph or whatever for it, and that's even better. So uh, we wish you continued success. I'm, I'm envious of the books you've got out there, and and don't be shocked when you see one of mine coming in the near future. And I'm going to lean on you heavily because you got a lot of experience with it and can point me in the right direction on how to do some things. Yep. Let me know when I actually have a friend that um, is in the process of building a publishing company. Sweet. Uh, and wants me to help out with some of the editing and stuff like that. So when you're ready, let me know and I'll uh, awesome. I'll get you the, the family discount on it. Awesome, man. I appreciate you very much, man. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Good luck with the presentations. I know it's going to be a success and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Tony. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to the Catfish Cops podcast, brought to you by Brandon Poor and Tony Godwin. For additional information and available resources, please visit our website, www.catfishcops.com, and click on the resources link.